Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. And I'm Aubrey, and we are in the middle of a series that I am very excited about that Mm -hmm. um, listeners, we know you are going to be blessed by. It's our Widowhood series. And I, Davey, I was shocked to find out that in the history of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, this is the first Widowhood series. I don't know why, that just blows me away. Well, we've certainly had our um, one-off episodes, you know, where we've interviewed widows and widowers, but we've never Mm -hmm. compiled them all into an entire series. And we love doing series because they're very shareable. They're very easy for you to send to somebody who this applies to their life, and this could be helpful to them. I love that. And obviously, this one is deeply connected to your story, Mm -hmm. Davey, being a widowhood series. But we know for all of our listeners, many of you are widows and widowers yourself. You're walking with widows and widowers if you're not one. And then the other thing that we really firmly believe about these stories that we're sharing with you through this series is that there are principles in grief that can be applied to all of our stories. And so even if this is not your particular pain point, look, you have had pain. We know that's why you're here. And there are things that God really wants to show you through the journeys of these widows and widow widowers. And also principles I think that you can, you can take in your own ministry to people you're walking Mm -hmm. with, whether it's your neighbor or someone you're actually formally walking with, there are some principles to learn here. And I, this one I'm really excited about. Gracie Parrish's story is un- believably powerful. Her heart is so precious. And I I am excited for our listeners to hear from her. Yeah, this is another one that kind of, you know, hit the media, especially in their area, due to the nature of what took place and what happened to her husband. But, you know, Gracie has been a listener of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. We've first got connected to her through Josh Weidman, who has also been on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. And she uh, lives out in the Denver, Colorado area. And so while I was out there with Josh and Molly Weidman speaking at Grace Chapel, which is also one of the, they're a church that's a partner church of Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. And so they launched the Pain to Purpose course and all of that. And uh, we were out preaching there and decided to record this with Gracie. And it's just a great conversation. And we have a special guest on the conversation. And that is my beautiful (gasps) wife, Christy. Yep. And she's so good on this conversation, by the way, our listeners are going to be so excited about that. She does awesome. She was kind of carrying it for me because I was tired after preaching, you know, and so she's just really carrying (laughs) those, that conversation. No, it's a really good one between the three of us. I really enjoy it. Um, And then later, you know, uh, after, uh, Gracie experienced her tragedy. She got connected with some other young widows in our community, namely Brittany Brooker and Brooke Talley. Brooke Talley is actually our certified coach for young widows um, at Nothing Is Wasted. And you can go check out their episodes. Uh, Daniel and Brittany Brooker are episodes 22 and 23. And Brooke Talley is episode 181, and that's in the singleness series. And those are some great great episodes as well. And so I just love seeing how God is connecting so many people uh, through this ministry and through other means, through other ways as well. And and I think that's just, what's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is because we wanted people to Mm -hmm. kind of gravitate toward it and get connected with each other because there's so much strength in community. 
so much strength in just walking with other people who've experienced the same thing that you've experienced. Well, if this interview or any of our interviews that you listen to um, have meant something to you, we would love to invite you to go and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And especially this one with Gracie. I don't know if we said this before, but Gracie is the founder of the Shelter Foundation. It's a nonprofit working to bridge the gap in the first responder communities to know, make known, and be known by God and each other through Bible studies and marriage retreats. We know this one is going to mean a lot to you specifically because of her story in the first responder community. And so this would be a great one just to pop on Apple Podcasts, rate and review there so that more and more stories like Gracie's can um, be told throughout the world. And then be sure to stick around after. Davey and I are going to have a conversation about his and Christy's conversation with Gracie. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Gracie Parrish. Gracie, it is so great to have you on the podcast. So great to do this in person. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. We're sitting here in the podcast studio of Mission Hills Church in Littleton, Colorado, mm-hmm. right? Right in Denver. Yep. Um, and this is really the church that you grew up in yep. at a different location. Yep. You were just sharing that with us. Yeah, full and circle moment. Yeah, well, explain that to us a little bit. Why yeah. this is such a full circle I moment. I grew up at Mission Hills Church. I was baptized Mission Hills Church. I was married by the pastor at the time, Mission Hills Church. We dedicated our baby girls here and then ultimately had um, a vigil of my late husband here at mm. this church. And so this is full circle moment to come wow. back here and to sit in this space and yeah be able to kind of share my story. So I'm yeah. really excited. Well, what's so fascinating about it, and this is, you know, this is the way God works, right? We weren't planning on doing this mm-hmm. here at Mission Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just happened to be in town, Christy and I, which by the way, Christy's here with us. Yes, I was wondering if you introduced <laughs> me. I was sitting here like, hey guys, I'm like the third wheel we, over here. <laughs> we just happened to be speaking at a church down the road called Grace mm-hmm. Chapel, which yeah. you know the pastors really well. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. part of the way that we got connected. Mm-hmm. And we were looking for a podcast studio to do this while we're in town. Yeah. Yep. And lo and behold, Mission Hills had one available. Yep. So what a neat thing that we get to do this so cool. here in person at such a I special place in your story. Mm-hmm. Your story is unbelievable. I've mm-hmm. gotten bits of, piece of pieces of it through the whole thing. I've heard so many people tell me about it. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of similar you know, mutual friends yep. and stuff. And so I'm so excited about our listeners hearing this story. Mm-hmm. I would love before we do a, a kind of a deep dive into it, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about you um, right now, hmm. just, you know, and, and I know it's hard to say who you yeah. are right now, what's going on right now without yeah. kind of getting into your story, but mm-hmm. just give us a little bit of an idea of what your life is like right now. Yeah. I, um, I'm a mom to two little girls. I have my oldest daughter, Caroline is seven. And then I have my youngest Everly and she is going to be five in August. Mm. Um, I am so grateful that I can be a stay at home mama with them and then I can take care of them and lead them. Um, That's been such a gift in this season. Um, I'm recently engaged and so I am planning my (laughs) wedding, which is so exciting. exciting. Um, I am the like founder and president of a nonprofit that I've built Mm -hmm. called the Shelter Foundation. And we offer faith-based community to first responders and Mm. their spouses through Bible studies as well as marriage support. And so 
Mm-hmm. Um, we have now been operating for three years, offering Bible studies for um, fiancés, girlfriends, and wives of first wow. responders. So that's fire, EMS, law enforcement, and federal agents. Wow. And we've had at one point up to about 110 first responder families. Um, mm. And that's just word of mouth. Wow. I mean, wow. I am running this, taking care of two little girls. And then we have been able to scholarship couples to marriage retreats and Man. just really want to see them flourish in their marriage. And so that's been um, my purpose yeah. and my kind of my drive. I've never felt more alive and in sync with what God is calling me to do wow. than when I'm running with the Shelter Foundation and mm-hmm. um, just seeing first responder wives coming mm-hmm. to the table and saying, I'm so scared and mm-hmm. I'm so anxious and I don't know what to do and I can't sleep and he's not talking to me and, mm-hmm. um, and, and I see him coping with different things that I'm not really proud of and I don't, I don't know who to run to and yeah. I can sit with them and share my story and lead them to the one who can carry right. it all. Um, and that's been absolutely incredible. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Well, this purpose has been driven by as you know, many of the stories that we mm-hmm. highlight has been driven by a pain, mm-hmm. uh, a, a really deep, deep pain in mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. And um, I would love for you to kind of take us back and story for us hmm. um, how that how that pain came into your life and yeah and what that was like. Yeah, um, I think that this I would have to take you back farther than when the actual pain mm-hmm. hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as it always does. Right. Right. Um, I can share that I was married young at 21 years old and we were young and in love and we were planning on just living off of ramen and (laughs) it was just this um, like lightning couldn't help it Um, he was planning on going to the corporate world and I was expecting to have that white picket fence six figures (laughs) uh, weekends off Um, he did that for a few years we got pregnant with our firstborn Caroline and I was eight weeks pregnant we had just bought our first home we're on our way to the American dream Mm. and he came home from work one day and he said I can't I gotta change my career Mm. I gotta change it and this was out of left field this had not been anything that I had been expecting never Mm. a conversation that had been talked about and he said I want to go into law enforcement and I was like ooh like and I'll I'll be honest with you I was not walking with the Lord in a strong way at that time. Uh, I wasn't. Um, I knew the Lord. I absolutely um, was going to church and like proclaiming my faith in Him. And I I had asked Him into my life, but I was not walking with Him. I had my plan, my agenda. I knew what I was going to do. And He just needed to follow along with (laughs) my plan. (laughs) And so when my husband, Zach, when he said, I want to go into law enforcement, this was rocking my boat. And I wasn't afraid of him dying. I was, that was not what I was afraid of. It was, whoa, like you're going to take away this American dream that I've grown Mm. up with, that I'm used to. How dare you? And I remember looking at him. um, This was back in early 2013. I remember looking at him and saying, yelling at him, so angry. Like, how Mm. dare you rock our world right now? I am hormonal. I am eight weeks (laughs) pregnant. And he said, um, I looked at him. And he just sat there and took it. Mm. I looked at him and I said, but what happens if you're 29 years old with two kids and you're killed? Mm. And I remember thinking, I remember him looking at me stunned. I remember I was stunned, like speechless. Like, why did that come out of my mouth? Mm. I didn't 
that's not like a deep-seated fear. It wasn't like I broke down crying like, okay, this is a deep fear of mine. It was like, what? where did that come from? Because I can't even acknowledge a fear associated to that. But just kind of moved, let it move on. Um, The Lord changed my heart and the Mm. Lord did a work in my heart and refined me and showed me a lot of the sin of like the greed that I wanted the money. I wanted the six figures. I wanted the set schedule nine to five, Monday to Friday. And um, it was really me laying down my plans and saying, Lord, your will, not mine. And that was the beginning of God really bringing me to a place where it was this constant submission. Mm. Um, And shouldn't that always be my posture? But it's so quickly for me, so easily for me to want to rear up and tell him what my plan, what the plan for my life should be. And so um, that set Zach on a track where he was going to work 40 hours a week working in the corporate world on top of putting himself through the law enforcement academy. And he was doing the part-time academy. So instead of it taking like six months full-time, it was a year part-time. So he'd work all day and then go to school all night and then school all on the weekends. And I was pregnant with our firstborn. Um, I gave birth to Caroline in November. That was the middle of the year for him. He literally left me in the hospital. I'm like C-section recovering from Caroline. And he's like, I got to go do my physical, like my PT test. Wow. like, Oh, oh my gosh, like this is the reality. This yep. is first responder world yeah. that unfortunately the job oftentimes comes before the family mm-hmm. all the time. And mm-hmm. I, um, he didn't have a job at the time. He was just in the academy. He then fast forward about a year and a half. Caroline was a year and a half old when he got his first job. And um, it was about 15, 20 minutes away from our home. And we were on cloud nine. He had been working mm-hmm. multiple jobs at the time in order to make ends meet um, as we were looking for a law enforcement job. And that's really hard to kind of right. keep a job in the corporate world when you're really wanting to get into law enforcement and multiple interviews, yeah. multiple testings to get into the first responder world. And so um, he got into it. We were thrilled. Mm-hmm. And I saw a change in Zach. And it wasn't like it was this night and day, black and white, like, wow, you have radically changed overnight. It was this subtle, I could just see like the darkness of the first responder world. And he's working graves. Rookies work graves. They work every holiday. He worked every every single holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Halloween, Easter, Uh every anniversary, every birthday. Um, And then... Zach was a go-getter. He was a driver. He Mm. would not stop. Mm. He was just like probably on an Enneagram. He was like an eight wing seven. (laughs) Like he was just like all about the party and all about like the have a good time. But at the same time, it was like, let's go. Let's go, go, go. And so when you put a challenge in front of him of like how like let's get um, the bad guys off the streets. He was on it. He Mm -hmm. was a work dog looking Mm -hmm. for it. And so that became his purpose and his drive. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw how what he saw, a a lot of first responders do this. They protect their spouse Mm -hmm. from the darkness that they see um, because they're trained through the academy to like have these compartmentalized sections in their brain so that they can like Mm -hmm. see this trauma, put it aside and then move on to the next call. Mm -hmm. And then they go home after going call to call to call to call. And they've seen the worst. through the night and then they come home it's 8 a.m and i'm bright-eyed like i slept all night or maybe i didn't because i was up all night with babies and i need your help and he comes in and he's just been run ragged Mm. but he's not sharing or verbalizing it most first responders don't because they got to be hero they got to hold it together for their family for their community and so Mm. i um 
saw that in him. I saw the pull away. I mm-hmm. saw the coping skills start to come out that I um, was not proud of. Mm-hmm. Things that I was going, what? Like, why are you leaning into this certain aspect that you shouldn't? Like, mm-hmm. talk to me. Be, be present. Unfortunately, because of his shift, we weren't going to church at all. He was working all Saturday night. So he'd come home at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning, um, and he wanted to sleep. He was exhausted. Um, And then when he would have his weekend of supposed to be like three days, like four days on, three days off, um, that he would – be so well if he had a lot of arrests he would ultimately have a lot of court cases that he'd have to go to so then he was going and sitting five hours in the court waiting to testify or do different things and he may not get called up at all for those four hours and i'm sitting at home on what's supposed to be our weekend with Mm. the kids and just constant Mm. just divide and then you add in like the low pay for first responders and so then we were financially struggling a lot of tension there so no quality time lots of financial struggles and i just sensed that um, I knew that God had him where he needed to be. I mm. had never seen like Zach more alive in his profession. Like I mm. saw the purpose and the calling in mm. his life. But at the same time, I felt like I was warring against the enemy mm. every time that he would come in the door because it was like he, the enemy was on him with all the darkness that he was experiencing through the night. And I didn't know how mm. to get through. I didn't know how to break that down. Mm. And I knew he was trying to be strong for me. And he loved me and the girls so much. And he loved his girls. And he he was a very intentional father mm. with Caroline and Evie. Um, he, he was. But there was this like chasm that I couldn't mm. connect with him. I didn't know what his life was like for the 12 hours that yeah. he left our home. Right. Um, and I couldn't relate to that. And so that brought us up to, I guess, um, he had been in law enforcement for about a, a year and three quarters. And he was like, you know, I need to get to an agency closer to home so that mm. I don't have to have an hour round trip commute. Both ways, I can be more present at home. I was really proud of him for that decision, and he ultimately had the goal to become um, beyond the SWAT team. Mm. And so he decided to go from a police department about 30 minutes away to our local sheriff's office, Douglas County Sheriff's Mm. Office. And that would mean that he'd have a take-home car. Mm. He could be home literally five minutes after his shift ended, best-case scenario. Um, He could have all of his gear at home, and he could get ready at home and then just go right to shift. Like, it was going to be a really great situation. Um, And we really felt like, okay, like the Lord is bringing a lot of new, fresh life into this. Like, what felt really dry and hard and working a job and going to school and trying to apply and having two babies. And you guys are in the trenches. When you have – we had a three-year-old and a newborn at the time. It was just – it was a lot on top of being a first responder family, and I was a first single mom for a lot of it, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. so um, we he got that job in June of 2017, mm-hmm. and we were so excited. Like, this was going to be the long haul, right? Yeah, like, this yeah. is career, and this is where he was going to end his career at. Yeah. We just didn't realize it was going to come so soon. Mm-hmm. And so it would then – that was June of 2017. Um And I guess a little bit before then, I had had a dream and I woke up in the middle of the, or I woke up that next morning and I had like, Zach, I had this awful dream Mm. and I don't know like what to do with it. And I'm, I'm really not afraid of you dying because whenever we would talk about um, law enforcement death, he was very confident. I mean, Zach knew the Lord. Mm. Um, He knew the Lord as his savior. And every time I would be like, but are you scared when you like pull your gun out are you terrified when someone comes at you with a knife and 
he looks at me, Gracie, I just know that God has a plan for my life. Hmm. And when I am meant to die, that is God's plan for my life. Nothing I can do can stop it. Wow. And so I would just reiterate that back to myself anytime that I would text message him while he was on duty and he wouldn't text message me back right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was that like re-constant like God has a plan for him. But I constantly did this in the back of my head. But God's not going to take him because mm. he's like a great guy. He's a great dad. Yeah. He's a great police officer. God is going to use him. Um, and so um, I, when I had this dream, I woke up and like, Zach, I had this awful dream. I know you said that like if God, God has a plan for your life, for all of our lives, and that there is a day that we will be born and a day that we will die. Mm. And that that day has been set. Nothing you can do can change it. But like I had this dream. It was so vivid. It was so real. And I, in this dream, I was in a hospital hallway. Don't tell me how I knew that. It was just sterile and linoleum wall, like floors, white walls. And I was standing there and there was two officers walking towards me, full uniform. And they came up to me and they said, Zach's gone. And I woke up Mm. and I said, and I said, and I know like their names and I shared their names. It was two officers that Zach knew were friends with. One was uh, with the sheriff's office and one was a state trooper. Mm. And I said, and he was like, well, Gracie, I mean, he was just so in some ways practical. Yeah. Like that yeah. won't happen. It won't be two like um, police officers from yeah. different agencies coming to tell you that mm. I, that I've passed. It would <laughs> so be two people dreams, from yeah, the same right. agency right. that yeah. I'm with. Right. So like. That's irrelevant. That dream doesn't matter. And I remember thinking, but it felt so real. Mm. Like it felt so real. And I can't stop thinking about it. And it was vivid. And even after Zach got his job with Douglas County Sheriff's Office, I remember thinking that because one of the officers in my dream was with Douglas County Sheriff's Mm. Office. And so I remember thinking like, no, certainly that won't happen. Hmm. Um, And so I guess then that brings us up to – New Year's Eve 2017 Mm -hmm. and at the time our oldest had just celebrated her fourth birthday and our youngest was 16 months old so we had a four-year-old 16 month old Um, I remember having just like a weird feeling all day on December 30th Mm -hmm. like am I getting a stomach bug or like what's going on it didn't feel right Um, but I couldn't put my finger on it Mm -hmm. and so um, Zach offered to go get a pizza for dinner for us because I was like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm not feeling well, I don't want to make dinner mm-hmm. for us. And um, I just remember Zach was very unlike himself that night mm-hmm. in, this, in the very best way possible. Mm-hmm. He, it was as if God's grace was walking with him through that evening. There was no wow. stress. There was no tension. He was the best version of himself that wow. night. Hands on with both the girls before he was going to go to work tender and sweet with me, went and filled up my car with gas, got a pizza for us for dinner. It was going to be his last night at work, and we were finally going to have New Year's Eve together. He had worked every New Year's Eve before that. So he was going to go to work on the 30th, and he was going to come home on the 31st, and we were going to spend New Year's Eve together with our family that night. And um, we're excited. I deep cleaned the house from Christmas to New Year's Eve. Like, I was, we're starting off 2018, (laughs) and, Uh and, Leading up to 2018, Zach and I kept saying, something big's going to happen. Like, can't you feel like something big's going to happen? It just, I don't know what it is, but there was like this excitement brewing mm. that we just had this palpable energy 
um, that neither of us could. It wasn't like an oppression. It wasn't this like something bad is going to happen. Just felt like something big. And Zach even kept saying that over and over again to me and his coworkers. Something bad. He was saying something bad is about to happen Hmm. in Douglas County. And I kept saying something big is going to happen. Hmm. We just didn't know we'd be the epicenter of it. Yeah. Um, So we went to he went to work on December 30th. Uh, We got the girls tucked in bed. He got his uniform on like we always did. I watched him get his uniform on high and tight. Everything was very like buffed and ready to go. And um, I gave him his like meal because he ate lunch at like what, four in the morning and um, gave him his meal and his water bottle and watched him walk out the garage door. The patrol car was parked on the driveway and um, gave him a kiss and said, I'll see you later. He walked out the garage door and I stood there as I always did and watched him drive off and um, went and binged some Netflix and thought, this is going to be awesome. We're going to have our like family time together. And what a sweet night that we had just had. And um, I then went to sleep a little bit later than I normally did. Um, But I think that's worth noting because I went and checked on each of the girls as I always did before I went to bed. And I kept having this reoccurring thought, like, what happens if Zach dies? I remember thinking, like, why am I thinking that? Like, what? Why would I think of that? And wow. um, I kept pushing it aside. Like, I don't need to think about that because I truly, I was not afraid of Zach yeah. dying. Mm. That was nothing that I'd never lost sleep over it. Anytime that thought would come into my mind, it was constantly like, God has a plan for him. He mm-hmm. has a plan for me. And um, so I got in bed and I felt the deepest sleep coming over me. And I remember thinking right before I went to bed, it was as if the Lord whispered in my ear. I didn't realize it as this at the time. Um, but looking back, I truly believe it was as if the Lord whispered in my ear and said, like, what happens if Zach dies? And I remember thinking very clearly, we'll be okay. God's mm-hmm. going to take care of us. And I fell into the deepest sleep I've ever had in my life. The kind of sleep that you wake up at 8 a.m. and you're like, did I move at all all night? Like, did that happen? Um, I was then awoken at 7.55 a.m. by a pounding on the door Mm. um, from a sergeant and a chaplain on December 31st, 2017. My babies were still asleep. My four-year-old and my 16-month-old were still asleep at 16 months old. Um, Still asleep, 7.55 a.m. And so... I was just a blur. I jumped up out of bed, opened the blinds, and saw two dark cars stand, like parked in front mm. of my house. And just the cons, it wasn't this like gentle knock. Yeah, it was a right. pounding on the siding of the door. And um, it just that constant like, oh my, oh my God, it, it gets happening. Yeah. It is happening. But the Lord was so gracious to like buffer me mm. at that time that it wasn't this like stomach drop. I can't move, but he just mm. carried me through mm. it. And so I remember kind of like trying to like, oh, my, I'm in my pajamas. Like I need my robe and turn off the house alarm and run down the stairs and open the door. And my four-year-old came out of her room like, mommy, what's happening? And mm. I remember thinking it's just like mama instinct, like go back into your room. Mm. Like mm. I knew, just knew whatever it was, she couldn't hear it. Yeah, see it yeah. um, and I went downstairs and saw two men I had never met in my life before I saw that one was full uniform Douglas County Sheriff's Office and one was more in like chaplain attire mm-hmm. and um, didn't know that he was a chaplain just thought like, maybe he's peer support or something like that mm-hmm. um, brought them in and they're like can we come in we you know Zach's been involved in an officer involved shooting there's multiple officers that have been hurt 
Mm. We need you to um, basically get ready and we need to take you to the hospital. Mm. And I, I'm i not one to just take that and let that right. like, okay, sure, I'll go grab my purse. Let's right. go. It's like, no, you're going to tell me what happened, what happened. and we're going to go from there. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when they saw my four-year-old come out of her bedroom. Mm. And it was like, oh, you have children. I'm like, I have a baby in a crib upstairs. Mm. And um, so that's when I said, like, what happened to him? Like, is he in surgery? What happened? And um, I don't think they had planned on telling me that. I think mm. it planned on, like, let's take you to the hospital. Let's let the doctors and surgeons let you know what has happened to him. And they said, I'm so sorry, Zach's gone. Mm. Mm. And I just kind of, we had like a living room right off the front door with a coffee table. I just kind of like sunk down onto the coffee table in complete shock and disbelief. Mm. And I remember Mm. thinking like, oh my gosh, it's happened. Mm. It's as if I've been here before. Wow. It's as if like the Lord had taken me here and then taken me back. Mm. And I just felt like, and I know this sounds so crazy, but it was his like overwhelming grace at the Mm -hmm. moment that it just like held me up. And Caroline, unfortunately, mommy, daddy died. Mm. And I remember just like, what do you say? Yeah. Like your life, your little life has changed forever. But I knew, I just knew that God was with us in the moment. And so um, I had to make the call to my family and let them know that Zach had died. And then um, traditionally, the law enforcement local to like his family would go and alert them by knocking on their door. And they unfortunately were out of town during that time. So we didn't have an exact address location that they could go to. And so um, I made the call to them as well and let them know that their son had passed. And um, wow. Everything started to just kind of come you, down. You made that call. So I made that call. I told my, both sets of our parents that he had passed. Oh and gosh. he was 29 years old when he was shot and killed. He was trying to assist um, a man who um, was just struggling and decided to do a police ambush. Um, oh. And so Zach was the only officer killed at the time. There was... Um, Four or five officers that were in there, multiple were injured. They are heroes, absolute heroes. Um, but Zach was the one that took the heat of all the gunfire, um, wow. and he died on scene. And so I became a widow at 29 years old. Um, they, you know, after you've made all the phone calls, and it's like, hurry, like, we got to go. I mean, the media and the news was swarming. And I didn't realize the magnitude that I was about to step into at this right. time. I was not aware of how big first like law enforcement funerals are. Mm-hmm. Um, ironically, Zach and I had watched a documentary on first responder funerals Christmas Eve. Wow. A week that, before, that, wow. like we had wow. sat down and watched a documentary on like law enforcement funerals. Little did I know I'd be living that out a oh week later. Um, and so they you know, grab some clothes and my parents came over and stayed with my dad went with me. My mom stayed with the girls and we ran lights and sirens to um, the hospital where Zach's body was. And I sat there um, in the back seat. I didn't want to be in the front seat. I don't know why at the time, but I remember sitting there in disbelief. Like Mm. I called my biblical counselor as we were driving my mentor. I love her. And I called her and she answered. And I said, I need you. Mm. Like I need you now. And this hasn't hit the news. Like the news was all over it. Helicopters were swarming the apartment complex where Zach had been killed, but they weren't releasing his name because his family needed to know. Mm. And so we were myself, his family, my family were doing everything we could to alert all of our family members before it would hit Mm. the media. 
And I could just over and over again, I heard this um, repeating in my head, in my ear, in the middle of my deepest fear, I'll find you here. Mm. And I remember being like, where is that from? Like, Mm. I don't I don't know where that's coming from. That's not a scripture verse that I can pinpoint Um, it just over and over again. And so I get to the hospital and, of course, they're like ushering me out of the chaplain car really fast and taking me in through the ER, which they shut down the ER because of an active shooting. So I'm walking through this sea. I mean, just lined blue police officers on the walls and they're just crying. They're sobbing and they're there out of support from every agency that you could ever think of. And that is the blue family. Like Mm. they support each other and they back each other up. Um, They put their lives on the line for each other. And um, they may not have all known Zach, but he was their brother to them. them. He was one of them. And so um, I'm walking down in complete shock of what's happening. And they um, share with me that Zach had passed, that his body was there that I could go see. Mm. And um, so I go in with my dad and just kind of like sat down a chair next to the hospital bed and over and over that kept playing in the middle of my deepest fear i'll find Mm. you here in the middle of my deepest fear i'll find you here and at the time i was carrying my wallet and my phone because i'm a i was a diaper bag mom at the time like and i wasn't going to bring my diaper bag without my babies so i just grabbed my wallet out of it and um one of the um like victims advocate had asked like can i hold that for you while you go in there and Mm. there's like a triage in the er it's like i had a room with walls i mean it was like curtains around a gurney and i um so anyone could have heard what was being said in there what was happening in that room and so I'm, i'm sitting in there with nothing but this overwhelming like power came over me of like find out like type that into google like who thinks that like who is recently widowed 45 minutes into learning that your husband has been like murdered and i want to google this phrase that's going through my head and so i looked over at my dad i said can i have your phone i want to google a song i think Mm. it's a song he looked at me like are you crazy Mm. like what where where is this coming from i was like i have to i have to find this out and so he handed me his phone and I said, um, I got to find it. And so I typed it in here in the middle of my deepest fear. And the song Find You Here by Ellie Holcomb started mm. playing. And I just want to read some of the lyrics because yeah. it's truly a gift from the Lord that I believe that God used Ellie Holcomb's mm. song to bless me in that moment and to reassure me that like he was going to be there every step of the way. Wow. And so it starts off, it says, it's not the news that any of us hoped that we would hear. It's not the road we would have chosen, no. The only thing that we can see is darkness up ahead, but you're asking us to lay our worry down and sing a song instead. And I didn't know I'd find you here in the middle of my deepest fear, but you were drawing near, you were overwhelming me with peace. So I lift my voice and sing, you're gonna carry us through everything. You were drawing near, you're overwhelming all my fears with peace. And it goes down And then it says, here in the middle of the lonely night, here in the middle of losing fight, you're here in the middle of the deep regret here when the healing hasn't happened yet, here in the middle of the desert place, here in the middle when I cannot see your face, here in the middle with your outstretched arms, you can see my pain and it breaks your heart. And the song goes on. But I just knew that that was a gift. Like that was the Lord speaking to me. And I think that is um, he is with the brokenhearted. He is so near to the brokenhearted. And Mm. that began my journey Mm. as a 29 year old widow with two little girls um, in the public eye. It hit 
um, local news, national news. Mm. Um, we received correspondence from the president, tweeted by the president. It was, mm. um, there's since gone on to have documentaries done about December 31st and Zach's death because it wow. really brings in the mental health perspective right. with um, gun violence. And so just like a very, you put a young family on mm. New Year's Eve with mental health and gun violence mm. and yeah. you are going to get an explosion. Right. Right. Um, the outpouring from the community was absolutely unreal and overwhelming. But I went from Gracie Parrish, the right. mama who was taking a four-year-old to her first day of preschool mm. and making a box of macaroni mm. and deep cleaning my house for fun before New Year's <laughs> to now I became um, like a name that people recognize, mm. but not for something that I really right. wanted, wanted to, for your right. brokenness. Yeah, yeah, known for my brokenness, known for my loss. Um, they know Zach's killer's name. Mm. They know his face because that was posted all over the media. Right. Um, unfortunately, Zach's death was live streamed while it was happening. Oh um, and so it was that was the killer's intention is that he ambushed it as well as set up cameras so that he could live stream the whole event while it was happening. And oh while the sheriff's office is incredible and they've taken it down anytime they can, it's up there. Mm. Um, he he was not a fan of first responders and law enforcement and he was going to make that very clear and so um it was yeah my life went from like quiet little cul-de-sac street to everyone knew my name my address was public like most of our addresses are um i was receiving mail and correspondence from around the world um gifts flowers jewelry i mean anything you could think of my living room which was a decent size suddenly became filled Mm -hmm. with handmade gifts and cards and Um, gift cards and money and I'm so grateful for those just army of people that didn't know me or my girls but that felt called to take care of us Um, my church family was absolutely incredible stepped in and cared for me I'm so grateful that I have my immediate family here local Mm -hmm. that they could really love on me and hold my arms up Um, that chaplain who delivered the news of Zach's death is one of like a closest like mentor in my mm. life now with his mm. wife and so god carried me every step of the way um right. it, it's easy for me to share like these are all the wonderful things that god mm. has done but i i'd be there have been so many moments of like face first in the carpet like yeah. beating my hand against the carpet sure. getting the girls to bed and going into the closet shutting the door and screaming yeah. into a pillow yeah because of the deep anger that like, mm. this is not what I wanted. And mm. I am a planner, I am a list maker, I am color coded, mm. I like to have my plan. Yeah. And I, God, I think knew that I would be the girl um, in his sovereignty, mm. that he could, I could like lean in with him mm. in that. and. Um, I hate the pain mm-hmm. that marks my story. I hate it. I, I hate it for my girls. Mm, yes. I can handle pain for myself, mm. but watching my girls grieve, yeah. that wrecks me. Yeah. It absolutely wrecks me. Mm. Um, and so I think that that's, that's kind of, I think that's where we are. I yeah. eventually went on to build the Shelter Foundation and it's like a deep calling. Hey friends, happy new year. We have some exciting news for you to kick off the year 2022. 
This month, we are doing a complete overhaul and relaunch of our community groups platform and what used to be called our monthly partner program. We know our previous community groups platform and monthly partner program made it difficult for you to find your way around and fully engage with other people. So we've been putting some serious time and energy into enhancing the experience of both of these platforms and combining them into something even better. Now you'll be able to connect more easily with other people all over the world who are walking through the same valley you are. Plus we're beefing up the platform with a ton more features. So I want to officially introduce to you the new nothing is wasted online community platform. With this new overhaul, there are now three subscription tiers that you can choose from community, community plus and community collective. Let me explain each one of these. The first tier, community, is absolutely free to join. All you have to do is create a login and immediately you can start connecting with other Nothing Is Wasted listeners from all over the world on this new online groups and forums platform. Now, when I was trying to heal from the loss of my wife, I wanted to connect with others who were either currently going through or who had gone through what I had. Because of the power of social media, it wasn't difficult to find those people, but it was difficult to find people who had the same healing and growth mindset that I had who could help me walk through my valley in a healthy way. We don't want you to have that trouble. We want you to connect with people from all over the world who are going through or who have gone through the same kind of trauma, tragedy, or major life transition that you're experiencing. And most importantly, that they share your heart to go from pain to purpose. So again, that's the first tier, community, and this first tier is absolutely free to join. On our second tier, Community Plus, you'll be able to access bonus content, webinars, exclusive courses, live events, meetups, special discounts for nothing is wasted products and services, and more. This tier costs the same as our old monthly partner program used to cost, in fact, is even replacing that old monthly partner program. It's $20 a month, but if you prefer to get a couple of months for free, you can subscribe to the annual plan rather than the monthly one. That annual plan only costs $200 per year. Now, finally, our third tier, Community Collective, isn't launching until August of 2022, but we are super excited for what we'll be offering here. We'll be collaborating with experts in the field to create practical, robust courses that help you along the pain to purpose path. So stay tuned. Right now, from January 10th to January 31st, we are opening up enrollment for the new Community and Community Plus plans. So now is the time to check it out and get enrolled. Make sure you do it before January 31st because on February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we're holding a three-night live virtual summit to kick off this new platform. This summit is featuring some of Nothing Is Wasted's favorite special guests like Kayla Steckline, Daniel and Brittany Brooker, and more. These guests will be with us live, chatting it up with me and answering your live questions. But this event can only be accessed by joining the community platform. So make sure you join right away. We'll keep you posted on all the special guests we're having at the live virtual summit as we get closer to February 1st. So stay tuned. 
If you're interested in learning more and enrolling in our new community platform, head over to nothingiswasted.com slash community. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash community. Now, if you were a part of our previous community platform, community groups, you should have already received an email in your inbox or check your junk folder inviting you to join this new platform so you can easily access it through that email. If not, pause this episode right now and head over to nothingiswasted.com slash community to join this new platform. I'm so excited to engage with you there. Yeah, when I, like hearing your story, it just takes me a second to even... Takes your breath away. Just know even what you even had to step in through. Like when you're on the other side of pain and all the work you've had to do with your children and seeing like the wreckage it causes. Mm -hmm. And it's like carnage in a way. Yes. Um, And you can say the whole time, like you can see that God was carrying you. And Mm -hmm. even while caring, you're still bloodied and wounded. Yes. Yes. And so I think my biggest question for you, because I know like he was making Mm -hmm. himself known that whole entire time. But like, what were some of the wrestling that you had mm. with God? Because mm-hmm. I even think about your story. I'm like, you didn't even want him to become a law enforcement. Yeah, right. You know, in no. that field, right. like, yeah. you wanted your your plan, mm-hmm. corporate world mm-hmm. and everything. And you sacrificed so much. You had mm-hmm. so many nights where you even questioned, like, is he going to come back? I think mm-hmm. of all the families, mm-hmm. all the wives who are always questioning if their husbands yeah. will come back to them and their yeah. kids. Yeah. And like, you had to go through all of that mm-hmm. to then now here's this life kind of robbed from you. yes right. stolen yeah yes. it felt like it had been stolen from me mm. um i hated that zach would not be able to watch his girls walk he wouldn't walk him down the aisle yeah i hated he wouldn't be even able to hear evie um be verbal mm. she wasn't even verbal mm. yet i mean yeah. he couldn't even see caroline write her name or um mm. gosh i was i was so angry and i was so devastated the wrestling for me gosh it was the deepest wrestling for me that came was, is God good? Mm. Is he good to me? Mm. Yeah. Is he good to, I knew he was good to, the, like he was taking care of me, right? Like right. he yeah. financially provided me, for, like thank you for the gift cards, mm. um, the support. I could see the tangible provision that God had done. But like, are you good to my heart and my mm. soul, Lord? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, are you good to me? And can I trust you? Mm-hmm. Because I trusted you with my husband and with my girls. And look what has happened. Like you have allowed the enemy to come in and destroy it, obliterate it. This right. isn't just like some pieces I can glue back together and see like a right. semi-formed life. Like this is dust. Right. Yeah. There is no going back to this. And it's just dry, brittle, barren land that I have no clue how you're going to do anything with this. And I could have given you my 10-year plan of what we were going to do as a married couple and as a family, but now I had nothing. Mm. Like I was a stay-at-home mom. Do I go back to work? And so that wrestling of is God good, those were that was the the deep fear, the deep lie that the enemy had woven and like spoken into my life over and over again. God's not good to you. He's just good to everyone else. Mm. God's going to redeem it for everyone else, but not you. Mm. You're going to sit in this brokenness. Like, does God really love you, Gracie? Mm. He would allow your husband at 29 years old after eight and a half years of marriage to be murdered and your little girls to be fatherless. And you're out in the public eye. Um, I had experienced stalkers after Zach died. So I was dealing with the grief of Zach's 
loss, mothering two little babies in the public eye. And now suddenly, Mm. over an eight-month time period after Zach died, I had three individuals completely unrelated making it very clear they knew where I lived and that they didn't have good intentions. And I eventually had to move and go into an address protection program in order to protect myself and the girls from that. And I had one of those stalkers in prison for two two years um, on felony charges. And I, it was one of those moments where I'm like, are are you good? Yeah. Like, can can I trust you? Because I didn't want this life of a first responder, yeah. yet you put it in here. Right. Yeah. I didn't want to be a single parent, yet you gave it to me, not just as a widow, but as a first responder parent. First responder spouses are single parents so much of the time. Yeah. They have to be so independent, so strong. Um yet also so tender Mm -hmm. because they have to be so present for their husband and their children and their own emotional needs. And so I was just, are you good? And I remember um, getting the girls to bed and having that like lump in my throat of like, I am going to lose it. Mm -hmm. Like I am going to ugly cry all over them. But when I would cry, they would cry. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to keep it together. I got them to bed and I remember texting one of my, um, mentors and being like I need you like 15 minutes can I call you and I got the girls to bed and I um, sat on the couch and I called her and when I um, she picked up the phone she's like hey Gracie and I just started sobbing Mm. I was like I don't know if God is good for me Mm. I don't know Mm. if he can redeem this I don't know if he loves me enough to redeem this, to make this better. And I don't know what to do with that because I don't, I don't really want to be like, if this is who God is, if this is what he allows into my life. And so, um, and I remember her just immediately starting to like speak life over me and scripture and, and praying over me of like the enemy was trying to do anything he could. Like he saw this grieving woman that was not on the brink of like walking away from the Lord, but like I was questioning God, like, right. is your character true? Like is what I learned in VBS and Sunday school yeah. and years of sitting in the church pew, like, is that going to stand mm-hmm. right now? Um, because this is where like faith was going to come into it. Like I had to hold on to what I could not see Mm -hmm. and I had to run with it, believing that God was so good Mm -hmm. and not just in provision for me because Mm -hmm. for me, it felt like blood money. Yeah, mm. it, it was like I don't want God to be this like right. gang banger, like just right. shelling out money left and right. Like you're hurting, Gracie. Here's some more money. Oh, oh yeah. your babies are hurting. Here's some gift cards. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've got a stalker. Here's a house you can move into. Mm-hmm. Like no, Lord, like fix my heart. Like it, yeah. heal my heart. Heal the brokenness in my family. My babies are crying out for a daddy. I'm lonely, I'm aching, and I knew that like a man wasn't going to come and fix mm. any of this. Mm-hmm. But like you you took this away, like wh- where are we going from here? Mm-hmm. And I think for the first year was um, shock, mm-hmm. just complete shock. Mm-hmm. Um, the second year was anger. Mm-hmm. I was so angry at God, wow. so angry. Um, on the outside, I was speaking of God's goodness and his love and his care. I was in the, I had already established the foundation. Like God is so creative. He had asked me to establish the foundation (laughs) six months into Zach's loss when I was full like trauma and shock. And then that first year I was feeling um, like God, I was feeling like God's buffering me and how he was so close to the, to the brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. I could 
give you um, lists of how he was so faithful mm-hmm. to me. But he, I needed to go through that like dark wrestling. Yes. Yeah. That dark we like. All do. There's always that bottom out yes. after the shock. Yes. There's always a bottom out. Ooh, that, it's a dark it's bottom. Mm-hmm. It's a dark bottom. I wasn't prepared for that. Mm. I wasn't prepared mm. for the dark bottom that I would hit. I was kind of riding this high of support and right. God's got me and look how he's providing for me and he's right. going to take care of this. And then the support goes away after the first year yeah. and the gift cards stopped coming mm-hmm. and the cards stopped coming and the meals stopped getting dropped mm-hmm. off. And um, understandably, kinda, well, they kind of forget their yeah. life moves on yeah. and you're still in the thick. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. had moved forward and I was still putting babies to bed by myself. I was celebrating their birthdays alone, Mm. their milestones, watching them write their name and Mm. um, answering the questions of why do they have a daddy at soccer and I don't? Mm. Um, Why did a man want to kill my daddy? Mm. How many times did it take to kill my daddy? I mean, the questions that a five-year-old has, they're they're very intelligent, they're very bright, and they want to know. And buffering that and answering those questions, um, it was... Those are moments of like deep, deep pain. Um, I don't think that I ever stopped going to the closet and mm-hmm. kind of pounding my fist on the carpet. It yeah. was like two and a half years yeah. of fist pounding and screaming mm-hmm. into the pillow. And um, it went from probably more of an anger at God, an anger at Zach, um, to an anger at my life, anger mm-hmm. at the situation. Yeah. Um, God did sweetly bring me through that moment of um, like, is God good? Mm. Is he trustworthy? Mm. And it wasn't through this like powerful, momentous, like enlightening moment. It was just over the course of like my heart was hardened for that second year. Mm. I was just angry and I doubted him a hundred percent. You could ask Mm. all my friends and I thought he doesn't care about me. He's not going to redeem this. He's not going to bring another dad for my girls. He's not going to bring love into my life again. I'm going to be a sad widow for the rest of my life. Um, And I'm just going to pour out my life as a first responder widow to all of these first responder wives. And I, I said multiple times to close people in my life, I'm afraid that God is letting me be the sacrificial lamb. Oh, wow. And that was where they were like, this is another, like, lie Mm -hmm. that the enemy has woven into your heart and man that surgery that has to take place when you have to take out the lies of the enemy yeah and to really get deep down in there i mean that was deep deep lie that god was allowing me Mm -hmm. to be a sacrificial lamb to benefit and bless all these other families Mm -hmm. but that i would continue to sit in this desolation in this dark dry place Mm -hmm. with my girls not just me but that my girls would feel it too wow where did he begin to, to kind of crack the door open on that? Um, I think the Lord brought about a level of um, contentment in me because mm. a lot for once I went through. Um, I, well, I found quickly after Zach died, um, I realized that my mentor, my sweet biblical counselor, as well as my like amazing chaplain, mm. it wasn't going to cut it. I needed like intense therapy, yeah, yeah. and so I went and found um, the most incredible like Christian therapist who we did EMDR together. Mm-hmm. I, I love EMDR that changed radically changed healing for me. Mm and worked through that for two and a half years weekly, um, seeing her. And so weekly I would sit with her and I would just 
open up my fears that I wouldn't share with anyone else and share like, I am so terrified that like I am the sacrificial lamb mm. that God is not good for me. And I um, remember at one point realizing that after I was able to acknowledge that the Lord, that is not the Lord's character. Mm-hmm. He is not, um, he's not a shepherd that's going to slaughter yeah. his sheep. Uh-huh. Like he leaves the 99 for one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is not going to watch his sheep be slaughtered mm-hmm. as a sacrifice. There was the ultimate was sacrifice. That's right. And mm-hmm. that's not me. That yeah. that was already paid on the cross. And when I was able to acknowledge that and to truly feel like the overwhelming love of the Savior for me, mm-hmm. it was as if those like chains that the enemy had on me that was prohibiting me from experiencing his love broke. Mm-hmm. And it was a dam in that moment that I felt like, okay, you are, but we had, gr- we had like groundwork to now lay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We had lots of the Lord and I needed to go through a lot more like time together and build that foundation of like, this is who he says. He is who he says mm. he is. Yes. I can trust him. He loves me. He cares for me. I am enough for him that he is, um, he is my provider and he's my husband and he is the father to my little girls Mm -hmm. and he will take care of me and he will stand in front of me he will not watch someone come after me and step aside Mm because i had seen a stranger to my husband kill him Mm -hmm. and then i had three strangers trying to come after me so i felt so vulnerable so afraid like the covering of my husband was gone yeah Mm -hmm. that protectiveness was gone for me so i felt vulnerable as a single mom taking care of my two little girls Mm -hmm. but then to uh, then to feel like these other three three stalkers coming at me was like lord where are you like when will you stand in front of me? You didn't stand in front of my husband dying. You didn't stand in front of these three stalkers coming at me. And so the Lord and I had to do this, like, we had to wrestle through that. And so as soon as those chains were broken in the sense that I, like, his love was pure and his love was incredible for me, that he would send his son to die on the cross for my sins, that I was not the sacrificial lamb. We then needed to go through, like, all right, Gracie, what about the stalkers? Mm. Where was I then? Mm. What about Zach? Where was I then? What about moving into your new home and the Address Protection Program and your little girls when they found out that Zach was dead? Mm. Where was I then? Mm. And God was so sweet to, in time in prayer or in time in counseling, to show me where he was in those moments. He was standing at the bottom of the stairs when I ran down the stairs with an outstretched Mm -hmm. hand. He was standing right next to Zach when he died. Mm -hmm. He was not present. He was not gone. Mm -hmm. He wasn't hands tied in the corner watching it all happen. Mm -hmm. He was holding Zach. He was right there with him. He was protecting my home when the stalkers were coming. Mm -hmm. He was giving me the wisdom and the grace to go, now you move, now you go here. And I was able to kind of like look back with God and go, okay, Mm -hmm. like in the moment I didn't see you Mm -hmm. there, but now I do. Mm. And it was that was a dark year of not feeling his presence. After feeling yeah. his presence so strongly right. in 2018, 2019 is a year I will never. Yeah. I'd rather do 2020 all over again <laughs> than do 2019. Because yeah. wow. um, that was a really dark season. And so I think that I also sensed 
through seeing like where was God through each of those moments that I felt like God was also able to show me that I was wrestling and pushing against his plan for my life. Mm. I don't want to be a widow. Mm. I don't want to be a single mom. Like fix it, change it, Mm -hmm. make it change. Make me a wife again. Make my girls have a daddy again. Take it all away. I don't want to do this. Fix the brokenness and mm-hmm. let's move on. And I didn't, I felt like the Lord was like, no, I need you to sit in this with me mm-hmm. for a minute. Like, I need you to find me here. Wow. I, I need to you to see that, like, I am your provider and your husband. I am the girl's daddy. And, like, are you willing to let me lead you? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't lead me, Gracie. It goes the opposite way around. I lead wow. you. And that is where I... Really, um, I think that was there was breakthrough in the moment of recognizing that I was not the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was also another huge breakthrough in realizing I got to lay my plans down again mm-hmm. because I had gone to the Lord beforehand and been like, these are my plans. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. But then what I didn't realize is that and ultimately I was kind of doing the same thing. I was throwing a fit. Right. Right. I was pitching the biggest fit wow. with I don't want to be a widow. I don't want to be a single mom. Mm-hmm. And so I'm angry at you. Yeah. 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 I'm going to sit here and pout because this is not what I wanted. This is not good. Look mm-hmm. at all my friends. Yeah. I live in a pretty like upper white middle class community where everyone's married, three kids, two dogs, white picket fence. Mm-hmm. I have not a single friend local that had experienced being a widow at the time. Yeah. No young loss, not even divorce. Wow. I was like, why me? Like, yeah. why me? I was angry. This isn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You picked the wrong girl and yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm pitching a fit. And so when God really brought that to my attention, like, you got to lay this down. Mm-hmm. you got to give it up. And what about my plan? Like, are you willing to say, like, here I am, send me? Yeah. Yeah. Which is what a lot of law enforcement officers will have tattooed on their bodies because mm. that is their mantra in some mm. way. Like, here I am, send me. I'll go into the darkness. Mm. But it was now coming back around, like, am I willing mm-hmm. to say, like, here I am, Lord, send me yeah. whatever you have for me, even if it's nothing that wow. I want. I didn't want law enforcement. I didn't want to be a widow. I didn't want to be a single mom. Yeah. But, okay, like, into this unknown future, whatever yeah. you want. And I think when I laid that down, I experienced a lot of peace. It didn't mean that I didn't pick it back up right. yeah. the yeah. very next morning right. and be like, yeah. wait, hold on. I don't really like this well, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, He was so gracious to have put people in front of me and to like cheer me on and to push me to keep going. And just in those God winks that only he can do, they'll like drop a little moment. I don't like someone I'd go through the drive through of Chick-fil-A exhausted Mm -hmm. with my girls, single mom, like, okay. And then he would, um, God would buy my dinner for me. Mm -hmm. I'd pull up and they'd be like, it's paid for. Now the person probably they had no clue who I was, my story. Wow. It could have been one of those like pay it forward type yeah. movement things. But I had at that point I had recognized like, girls, this is God this is being God. your daddy. Yeah, he is so buying wow. your dinner. This is God as my husband buying dinner for mm. his tired bride. Mm. And so here here we are. And I those were the little like nuggets that kept me going of like, God, you see me, you are my protector. Cause as soon as the enemy was able to get his hands off of me, that I was not the sacrificial lamb. And that I did have an incredibly adoring husband that was going to stand in front of me and provide for me and buy me a meal. 
and take care of me at night and play that song on the radio just when I needed it. Like that was God. And his goodness. So good. And I was able to, in those moments, start to pinpoint it. And that's continued to kind of like take me from that darkness and that wrestling of, are you good? Mm-hmm. to like leaning in um, and continually also casting out the enemy and continually mm-hmm. calling up those girlfriends that could speak truth to me and be yep. straight shooters and that wouldn't hold back if I were to be like, I'm kind of feeling this and frustrated and they'd be like, hold up, <laughs> lie from the pit of hell, cast it out, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about it. And I think, wow. gosh, I'm grateful for those friendships because mm-hmm. I don't know where I'd be. They yes. need to hold my arms up. Well, I think mm-hmm. about when you're talking about is God good? I think that's the question that most people, mm-hmm. when they go through some mm-hmm. pain, mm-hmm. that's the question that they ask. And right. you've gone through what we would see as extreme pain that yeah. most people would not have had experienced. Mm-hmm. And, and to think about that question, it's funny, the lens that you look at God through, mm-hmm. it, it changes every single season. Mm-hmm. And to know that you had a cast aside, that he's, mm-hmm. you're not the sacrificial lamb, mm-hmm. you were looking through the lens of that. Yes. And so you'd read his word or you'd pray to him through yes. that lens. Yes. And so it was, it was neat because I always share the story with people about in, in God's word when he talks about the blind man that was outside the gates that was yes. begging. Yes. And over 30 years, he's been blind mm-hmm. and he's been begging. Mm-hmm. And when, he, when Jesus came and healed him, I was not excited that Jesus healed him. Yeah. Because it said, hey, why were you healing? He goes, I don't know, but I was blind, but now I can see. And this was for God's glory. Yes. And I saw God through the lens of a narcissistic puppet master. Mm -hmm. So I read that, like, you don't have his best interest Mm -hmm. in mind. Mm -hmm. You just wanted to heal him so everyone else could see that you're so glorious. Good for you, God. And that's, but I would go out and I would say all the goodness of God and teach, you know, Mm -hmm. tell everybody about how amazing God is. And I'm a Christian, but deep down, I did not believe he was good until we had Johnny Erickson Tata on the podcast. And she, at 16 years old, she was paralyzed Mm -hmm. in a neck injury. And so she's been in this wheelchair for over 50 years, had cancer twice. And Davey asked her, like, you know, I would never want this story i would never ask for this story to happen to me but i wouldn't take it back would you say Mm. that about your wheelchair Mm. and what she said was this like god is more concerned about the well-being of my soul than the well-being of my body Mm. so i'll take the chair yes and so when i think about this Mm -hmm. god was so concerned for that blind man he knew that the only way he would be his soul would be in eternity with him is if he was blind for those over 30 years. Mm -hmm. So the same in my life. I had trauma for over 30 years in the same way he knew I needed that in Mm -hmm. a way. So Mm -hmm. I could be in eternity with him because he loves us so Mm -hmm. much. He wants nobody to perish because he's good and he's gracious. And so I think about that with Mm -hmm. your story. And I'm like, he's just trying to remove all that stuff from you, have you surrender, Mm -hmm. and then go to him and say, like, you are good, but you also love me. Yes. Yes. Mean surrender like that. Yes. I, I would think what really strikes me is this um, you you were continually trying to lead God by the hand, right? Uh-huh. And the moment that you said, No, I'm gonna let you lead me by the hand mm-hmm. is when he was able to show you mm-hmm. and demonstrate to you his goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You're like trying to manufacture this, you know, I need you to tell me you're good. I uh-huh. need you to you know, and then yep. he's like, daughter. Yeah. Let me just show you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Take me by the take me by the hand. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And let me lead you yes. here. And that's something you've said, Chris. You know, with your healing journey too, that you had to let 
you had to let God take you by the hand and oh, yeah. lead you. I mean, when you're a strong, this. independent woman, mm-hmm. you're like, I can do anything by yeah. myself. Even yeah. if I have to white knuckle, I'm going to bulldoze, get oh, through yeah. it. We're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, like, this is how I'm going to heal, Lord. Like, this is the way. Because <laughs> yep. I can handle this way. You had a list. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a checkbox. Your- <laughs> and in many ways, I, I even, and I'm sure there's some other mm. people who have gone through pain could tell me. Because I, in many ways, walked into counseling like, give me the checklist. Mm of what I need to check off to yep. be healed. Wow. Yep. And I'll fix it. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah. It's so easy. It's so like, simple. Give me the four-step plan. Yeah. Yep. I got this. We can do this. And I remember at one point my counselor looking at me and being like, you do realize I don't have a checklist There's in front no of plan. me. <laughs> There's no plan. <laughs> There's no ultimate end to healing except yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That you will wrestle through this pain. Right. You may experience redemption in particular ways not just through remarriage but in particular ways here on this earth but the ultimate redemption the ultimate healing is when we step foot into eternity and it's leaning into the lord through this time and believing that he has so much more for you that like just as zach said when when god's plan for my life is done that is when he will take me Mm -hmm. like he he had accomplished his work through zach and on december 31st before the beginning of time that was the day that he would go and i there was a, a awakening kind of of like all right my plans like God's plan for me isn't done. <laughs> yes. My plan is done. That's yes. it. Wow. My plan is done. God's yeah. plan for me is not done. Mm-hmm. It's not the plan that I wanted. I have no clue what's coming. I'm terrified. Yeah. I don't like the unknown. I don't like surprises. I want to know what's coming. I'm the girl that reads. I'm flipped to the end of the novel because I can't <laughs> handle the suspense. Show yeah. me what's going to happen at the end. Uh, I need to know. But I couldn't do that with my life. Yeah. And so it really stretched my trust in him, my surrender to him Mm. um but those were some like you had said that like would she take away the pain Mm. and i i was asked that too like if you could go back if you Mm. could stop zach from going to work on the 31st would you Mm. like knowing what you know now would you and of course like my physical body for my Mm. girls goes like Yeah, I want to stop it because I want my girls to experience this pain. But knowing the Lord now, Mm -hmm. I did not know him in that way before Zach Mm -hmm. died, but knowing the Lord now and trusting him now in such a deep, more like genuine, raw way where I'm like, I know I can trust you with like to provide manna for me every day. I'm like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change it Mm -hmm. because I can trust his plan for my life. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that this is the ultimate best plan mm. for my life. Like this yes. is God's best for me. And wow. I, I wouldn't change it. Mm. I know the Zach knows the Lord in a deeper mm. way right yep. now. Yep. I know the Lord in a deeper way. Mm. And because I know the Lord in a deeper way, I pray that my girls will be able to like catch wow. that in a deeper way, so in a more wow. real way. And so I wouldn't change it. Yeah. I wouldn't change it at all because I, I didn't know God as my husband before Zach died. Yeah. But now he is my ultimate husband, yeah. and I, I would never trade that for the world. And only someone who has walked through the depths of that kind of pain with the Lord, and the mm-hmm. Lord has walked them hand in hand through that healing can say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Because it doesn't make – there's going to be people who listen to this right now, and they're going to be like, what? Yeah. I don't understand. Uh-huh. But I would 100% echo everything that Gracie just said. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have asked for this. Mm-mm, never. Not in a million years. Nope. wouldn't have asked for this. Nope. You also wouldn't trade it for the world. No, I wouldn't. 
because there's a depth of knowing. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Elizabeth Elliot wrote this in The Path of Loneliness. She wrote, what you gain in relation, re- relationship to the giver mm-hmm. far outweighs the loss of the gift. Hmm. It's one of those paradoxes that cannot be understood unless Mm-mm. you've walked it. Yep. But it is a sweet, sweet path when you've walked it. Yes, and it there's is. There's a deep richness of your communion mm-hmm. with Christ because mm-hmm. of this deep pain. Yep. And yep. so, you know, that's to encourage all of us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Say, if you're in the midst of this pain right now, lean in. Yep. Stop trying to take God by the hand and yeah. lead him where you want him to go. Yes. You let him take you by yes. the hand. He'll lead you into mm-hmm. healing and he'll lead you into this deep, rich relationship. Mm-hmm. And he's led you and some uh, i mean your yeah. future is continuing to be written and, yeah. and he's led you into this uh really like you said a part of your redemption this is not your redemption no, no, this no. is not your redemption no please don't know no this is a part an aspect mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. massive redemption story that god yes. is writing in your life yes but talk to us a little bit about yes. what you're looking forward to in 35 days is that right yes 35 <laughs> days i believe um what a Gosh, just so God, so God. Yeah. I um, it was last fall that I was entering into. I was still in a pretty dark season. Mm-hmm. Um, not dark in the sense like I didn't have the Lord with me, but I wasn't seeing the sun come up. Yeah, I was kind of like. I believe that's the first time you and I chatted. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, I'll do this podcast, but I don't know, Lord, where mm-hmm. you're taking me. Mm-hmm. Like. Am I going to be stepping away from the first responder lifestyle? It was getting hard, mm, you know, yeah. going and standing in front of 35 first responder wives. And I'm like, I would do anything to hear that Kevlar being taken off at midnight. Mm. I would do anything to pick up a uniform off the floor. Yeah. Do anything to make a lunch free to eat at four in the morning again. Mm-hmm. Like, I would do anything to have a parent. Oh, I imagine that's so tough. Like, you're, like you're hearing them kind of complain and bring yes, it. And you're like, like oh, I want to shake so you hard. and say, no, 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 no. no. Like, yeah. Crawly, like yeah. just be so oh. grateful for the gift of marriage. Like mm. this is a gift. Mm-hmm. This is this like beautiful offering from the Lord for you. Like, Mm. do not waste this. Do not waste it. And so I was wanting to walk away. I'll be honest. I wanted Mm. to walk away. I wanted to walk away from the foundation. I got two little girls that need me. I have an empty resume. Mm. I need to go get a job. I need Mm. to go take care of them. Mm -hmm. I need to step into being like, I'm your provider girls. Like Mm. the Lord is right there with us, but like, Lord, where do you want me to go? And so um, it was last fall. I reached out to the board of the foundation and I said, we need to pray. Mm. We need to pray. And they were like, yeah, let's pray and let's fast. Let's mm. pray and fast for clarity on the foundation. And I've been honest with them. Like, I don't know where this is going because wow. I'm burning out. Like yeah. I am. Where is because law enforcement has changed over the last three years. Yeah. It is not the same culture that right. it was in 2017 when I was a first responder wife. Mm. And so I was very much feeling like, I don't know if I feel called like i i understand what it's like to have your husband murdered by gunfire but not under these conditions Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. not under this constant threat and so i um we prayed and i um remember telling my closest girlfriend like i'm gonna pray but i'm gonna give god time to be god Mm. so we'll make plan like i'll make my decision may of 2021 Mm -hmm. that's when i'll make my plans like we'll pray through the fall but then i'll make my plans in may Mm. of what I'm going to do. Let's finish out the academic calendar year Bible study. I can't just like shut it down the middle mm. of the year and let's see what happens. And I told one of my girlfriends, like told the board, like pray for clarity. But in the middle of it, my deepest heart, I had this like, 
little mustard seed of faith. Mm. God, if you want me to stay in the foundation, like, so this is when I try to take the plan back again, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, I'm going to give you an ultimatum, God. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Here's my list. Yeah. Yeah. You want me to stay in the foundation, bring me a first responder husband, mm. re-qualify me. And a part mm. of me was like, what am I saying? Like, this is awful. <laughs> do I back in that lifestyle? <laughs> yes. Do I, do I want to go back into this? But yeah. I, I felt so alive in the foundation, so mm. much like in his walking with the Lord, in his purpose for me when I would be organizing and doing Bible studies. Administration is like one of my spiritual giftings. Mm. I can do organization up the yin yang. Mm-hmm. I loved it, but my emotions and my heart was just breaking mm-hmm. every time I was doing it. And so it was with a little bit of fear that I would pray that, mm. but also with a little bit of like, I challenge you, God, mm. <laughs> I challenge you. And I, I remember my girlfriend being like, all right, let's pray for it. And I remember like, he's not going to do it. <laughs> he's not going to do it. It's not going to happen. This absolutely ridiculous mm. prayer. And I think I felt safe praying it because I felt like it was so unattainable. Yes. It would not happen. Mm. I mean, we're in the middle of 2020. Yeah. We, how do you meet anyone in 2020? Right. Right. Um, and it would be a few weeks after I would start after we prayed that, that a girlfriend, another widow, would be like, hey, I want to connect you with one of my friends. I think you guys would be a really great match. Um, <laughs> he's a firefighter. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, oh, okay. if he loved. And honestly, I didn't really put two and two together. Right. It was kind of like, we'll see. I mean, there had been a few guys that had made an interest but mm-hmm. never called or mm-hmm. went out on a date. It didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of like. I'm kind of like, God is my husband. Mm -hmm. I got my plan. Like God's either going to like put this guy in front of me and we're done. But I was really set like 90%. We're going to shut this down. We're going to move on. Like I'm going to take back the reins on my plan. Mm -hmm. And I think God was going to save me from myself Mm -hmm. in that moment. And so he came in um, and God introduced me to Brett. And so we immediately connected and it was just one of those moments where I went in with my like I'm going to lay all my heavy hitter mm. stuff out there <laughs> see if I can t- just scare, scare away. you away <laughs> get Sounds you out of here <laughs> um, and he didn't he didn't run wow. and God I can see how he was weaving our stories together where mm. Brett was working the night that Zach was killed he mm. heard the call come out mm. he didn't respond to it but he heard it come out and um, God is now bringing me back into he answered my prayer in a very incredible way Mm -hmm. and i tell brett all the time that he is the most radical way that god has revealed himself to me because in a moment where i said like lord my my heart is to be remarried i'm built for marriage Mm -hmm. i want to be married i want to see my girls that are praying for a daddy every night like why isn't god answering my prayer for a daddy I want that to be answered. I want them to have an intentional, loving father to play with them and pray with them and to play soccer and to teach them how to do all the things that I can't do. Like, this isn't what it's meant to be. It's meant to be with a mom and a dad. And um, I wanted that. I didn't know that God would answer that prayer in that way. But I think he did. And I feel like in many ways, God was like, yeah. I heard that. I heard that prayer. Let's see how that goes. Uh, but I'm ecstatic. And it's been something where God has brought us together in ministry, too. As yeah. he, before um, he had even met me, he was beginning to start a Bible study for firefighters. Mm-hmm. And I had always said, like, Lord, I want to do ministry with yeah. someone. I don't mm-hmm. want to be on my own, on my own accord, doing my thing. I want to be partnered right. with someone mm-hmm. ministering to this. I can't imagine ministering to these first responders and then having a husband being like, you go do your thing. Yep. I want to do it with someone. And so 
um, God just over and over again affirmed me mm-hmm. through things that Brett would say that he didn't even realize he was saying. Mm-hmm. That just so affirmed sweet. me that like God has answered these prayers over and over again. Wow. And so um, be careful what you pray yeah. for <laughs> because he can answer. And I think also like God is radical. Yeah. yeah. He is a radical God yeah. and he is, he has his perfect timing and his perfect way. Mm-hmm. And so where I thought I'd be making a decision for the foundation in May of 2021, I'm actually getting married mm. in May of 2021. <laughs> and I am and so excited. Doubling down on the foundation. Yes. Yeah. Doubling down, down in ministry. If anything, it was with like, this new partner. Yes. God life. was like, let's do this. Wow. Like I have a purpose and a plan for you. And we're just getting that's started. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. We're just and that's the started. truth. He is just getting started in your life. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited about your guys' ministry, just the fact that you have a ministry partner, that yeah. you guys yes. get to be excited about what God's mm-hmm. called you to do. I think about all those people that you're serving. And I mean, when you're going through your story of every time your husband, Zach, would leave and you just mm-hmm. had so much faith mm-hmm. and you could rest on that faith and that hope. But I feel like so many first mm-hmm. responder wives don't have the faith that we have Mm -hmm. and can't rely on that. And I Mm -hmm. I see a lot of them anxious and worrying all the time, can't sleep. Like, what are the things that you would say to those people Mm -hmm. that are listening right now, like to have that hope and to to rest on that? Yes. Um, What I, at the very beginning of every of our semester, each semester that we start, we have a fall semester and a spring semester. And when we were able to gather in person in a large Mm. group, um, I have 35 women sitting at round tables, all from different agencies, fire, law enforcement, EMS, federal. And I would tell them like, some of these women could be some of your very best friends and you mm. can find people that can say me too. Mm-hmm. There's so much power in being mm-hmm. able to say me too. Yes, But that right here and now is where you have to make a choice. Mm. Where does your identity lie? Mm. Does your identity lie as a daughter of the king mm-hmm. Or does it lie in your husband's badge? Wow. Because it, if it lies in your husband's badge, you will be disappointed every wow. single day. Yeah. And so if you are depending on your husband and his career to be your God and mm. to fill you, to make you feel worthy, to make you feel loved and sustained, it will disappoint you and it will fail. Wow. But if you place your identity in Jesus Christ, and you recognize who he is and you run to him for all of your needs and allow your husband's job and his career to be a part of your story. Mm -hmm. It's a part of your life. It impacts you daily. It's a part of your family. Like me, it could radically change Mm -hmm. the rest of your life. But if your trust is in Jesus first, then you will understand it's not the job that could kill him. It's Jesus's plan Mm. overarching for your life. Mm. Like, do you trust the Lord with your husband? Mm. Um, And so when I, I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to first responder wives that like, how do you do it? Mm. How did you do it? How did you go to sleep every night? I'm like, you have to make the Lord your right. your savior. Right. I, is he your that's savior it. or is your husband's badge your right. savior? Right. Um, I think that's the first thing. Yeah. You, ha- you have to get the priorities lined up and it's so easy to carry that um, badge because this is not just a job mm-hmm. for these first responders. This is a lifestyle, it's a livelihood, it's a calling, yes. it's who they are, it's ingrained in him. It well, they is, say bleed blue. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. absolutely. I said it at Zach's funeral. I said I will forever like he he um, he bled blue, and mm-hmm. so I did too. Mm-hmm. And that is 
I absolutely see it. This is not something that you can just like toss it on the table and right. walk away from. You don't just clock in and clock out. Mm-hmm. Right. It changes every facet of who you are and how you think and how you respond. Right. You don't sit at a restaurant off duty with your family and not think about exit strategies right. and watch who's coming right. in. Whose hand is in what pocket. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and as a first responder wife, you're trained that way too because you see your husband doing that. Mm-hmm. So you get used to them unbuckling their seatbelt before they get to their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get used to them um, always wanting to sit, not with their back to the door, but facing the door. Mm -hmm. You get used to a code word potentially, where it's like if they see someone that they've arrested, that could be a possible threat, that they don't want to see what their wife or their children look like, Mm -hmm. they'll have a code word, watermelon. Mm -hmm. That means take the kids back to the car. Now, Mm -hmm. don't ask questions. Mm -hmm. You drop everything and you go. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's normal everyday life for a first responder or wife, mm-hmm. um, especially for law enforcement. You get used to hearing the Kevlar come off in the middle of the night. You get used to a call out. I mean, I was used to the first, like, the law enforcement aspect. And so now I'm learning the firefighter mm-hmm. aspect of this. Like, God is so, he's so cool. <laughs> he has all of the facets of it. That's yeah, right. definitely a sense of humor. Oh, and so I said can, requalify. He's certainly requalifying He is definitely doing me. that so you can better <laughs> minister to other people. Yeah. Wow. What a, I mean, Gracie, what an incredible testimony and an unbelievable story of what God is doing in you and what he's doing through you. And we're just, we're proud of you. We're thrilled yeah. uh, to see what, you know, what, what your life is going to, um, speak of mm-hmm. as you continue to walk into this next season i'm I, re, I i think i recall you telling me something significant um that we've that we've left out here and i might be wrong but <laughs> there was uh you had this dream you had that dream back of the two guys that came to yeah. you and there's yeah. something significant about that dream there right is. There is. Tell me about that. That dream um, that I had of being in the hospital hallway and having two officers um, approach me in uniform saying Zach's gone. One of those, um, those two officers did have significance Mm -hmm. in that one of those, the state trooper was one of Zach's best friends Mm -hmm. um, and he would speak at Zach's funeral. And then it would be the other um, deputy in uniform Mm -hmm. with the sheriff's office that Zach was ultimately... um, killed while he was working with the sheriff's office that deputy would be one that would take out the killer Mm. and that he would step over zach's body Mm. to go take out the killer and Mm. that there was significance in this that like god is so kind like he he prepared me in ways that i didn't know i needed to be prepared for and at the time i was a little confused like why would you give me these dreams Mm. why would you prepare me in such a way Mm -hmm. like is this some sick joke that you would do this? But no, like Mm -hmm. it is his grace that I could look back and be like, you were there then. Mm -hmm. You were there then preparing me for when Mm -hmm. the bomb would drop, I'd go there, you were God. Mm -hmm. He was in the details. He was in the details. And so it didn't surprise me when I was sitting on the couch on December 31st after seeing Zach's body and driving it to the coroner's office in the very long mm-hmm. parade that was you know all over the news with hundreds of police cars mm-hmm. stopping the freeway for us to take him to the coroner's office sitting on the couch and going wait what about Zach's friend at the sheriff's office and this mm-hmm. was the one that was in my dream like does he know I'm like I'm sure everyone was like well of course everyone knows at this point mm-hmm. but I was like no like does he know and they were like yeah he he knows but I just like something was like, no, like something. And um, I asked the chaplain who was just getting to know at the time, like barely met him, like, but what about him? Like, how's he doing? He was like, Gracie, he was in that apartment. Mm. He took down the killer. Wow. And it was just this like, 
You're like, oh, man. Oh, God. Wow. That God was a part of all of those details. And I think the thread of what I'm seeing here in this entire story is this trust. Mm-hmm. That God's plan is is bigger and better than all of our plans. Mm-hmm. And here he is preparing you in these moments when it doesn't even make any sense, but he's able to prepare you in these moments because he's already been there mm-hmm. in the future. Yes. He's outside of time. Yes. He's already been there in the future. He knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He knows how he's going to walk you through it. Mm-hmm. And so what that can tell us is that now in the present day where we're at, where we can't see the future, mm-hmm. we have no idea what's coming mm-hmm. forward, what's going to come into our lives. Which can be terrifying. It can I mean, be in this current absolutely day and age. terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can cause a lot of anxiety, but to rest and know that God's already been there mm-hmm. and he's got our best mm-hmm. interest in mind. Yep. And when we can rest in those things, we can know that the future is bright mm-hmm. no yep. matter what it looks like. He has tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's right. holding it in his hands. He knows where I'll be 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. He knows when I'll die. Mm-hmm. He knows when um, my future husband, a firefighter, will die yeah you know he he knows it he's got it and i can trust him Mm. he is holding it all together and i don't just trust him because he's going to hold me through the pain and he's going to help my heart and carry me to eternity Mm. but i can trust him because his plan is good yeah like his Mm. plan is good and it's not about me Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's truly about him and his glory yeah. mm-hmm. and that he but he cares so much for me and yeah. he loves me so much i'm not a sacrificial lamb yeah, that's right his love is everlasting mm. for me and he'll carry me through it and his purposes will prevail it's awesome and i can lean into that mm. and i can joyfully walk with him mm-hmm. trusting that he's got it not with my head down not with a bunch of like oh god like please what's mm. happening next Mm-hmm. what's around the corner but like i can run with the lord mm-hmm. yeah. like let's do this what do you got and mm-hmm. i know there's going to be more sorrow mm-hmm. anyone who's walked through pain you kind of realize like yep. it's not a one fit all kind of checkbox mm-hmm. there's multiple seasons of sorrow and suffering mm-hmm. they come in different waves and mm-hmm. different time periods and um mm. it but when you've walked through the deepest darkest pain you've ever imagined with the lord you're like all right i, I can, can do yep. it if I he's taken me you. through this, he can he'll take mm-hmm. me through anything. I can trust you. Yeah. Gracie, thank you so much for spending time with us, sharing so vulnerably. Yeah, thank you for having with me. With your story yeah. and what you're doing. Um, I want people to be able to get connected to the foundation, get yeah. connected to what you're doing, especially first responder wives who may be listening to this right yes. now. How Please can we get connected? Out. Yeah, you can um, check us out at www.theshelterfoundation.org. That's theshelterfoundation.org. Um, you can check us out on Instagram at the Shelter Foundation. Um, you can check me out, Gracie.parish. And um, you can check us out on Facebook too, the Shelter Foundation. And we offer Bible studies nationwide at this point. I mean, awesome. in many ways, COVID did that. Yep. Yeah. God was able to take something pretty awful and yep. turn it for his good. And so we have um, currently a different versions of Bible studies, like in person here local, if you're in Denver. Mm-hmm. And then we also have an online that we have women from South Carolina, California, mm-hmm. Chicago, joining us and logging in and being able to virtually meet with women from around right. the nation that can right. say, me too. And we dig into God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do Bible studies together. Um, it's not meant to be this like support group. Let's mm-hmm. just bash everything. Mm-hmm. This is like, let's dig into who God is. That's who good. he is my creator this is where my identity lies wow. mm-hmm. that is my 
kind of my chant, I will mm. over and over again until the day I die, that mm. it is all about Jesus. Mm. It is not about the badge. Mm. The badge is important and it's a part of the lifestyle. It's a part of what makes you and your family who you are. Mm. And we can say, I get it, right. me too. But let's also take that perspective, that lens of like what you're talking about, Christy, and like, let's take it from who is God mm -hmm. in the middle of this and how can we trust him mm. yeah. in this lifestyle, in this season that can be really hard and not just um, survive, but can you thrive mm. as a first responder family? Yep. And I believe you can. I yeah. believe that you can have a thriving, beautiful marriage. Mm. I believe that you can have a beautiful family. I believe that you can have beautiful friendships. I believe mm. that you can have an incredible relationship with your creator. Mm -hmm. um, it's wow. all about where you put your focus, your perspective, and your energy. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> well, it's very clear why God called you into this. Mm. It's amazing. It's just, uh, sometimes I don't know why, yeah. but it, it, <laughs> here we are. It flows from you, and you glow with it, and it's mm. awesome. So thank you for what you're doing, and thank thanks for, for spending time me. with us today. So good. Well, Aubrey, what'd you think? That was. I mean, oof. I mean, that her story. It, I mean, she's yeah. just a beautiful soul. So yeah. let's just start there. I know. But I, I, you know, you you hear these stories on the news, and unfortunately, her story and your story yeah. too, Davy, became such publicly consumed news. Yeah. But anytime I think you hear from a first responder who gave his life to protect his community, and then now you're right. you're listening to his. Um, widow, it it moves you. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you have, you know if you're not moved, you don't have a soul. Like yeah. it, it's very very moving. Yeah. I I love, I love her. Um, even in she comes across as kind of a really like sweet gal, oh, yeah. but there is like there's some like raw deep stuff in her sweetness, yeah. and I love that. I yeah. really she, really appreciated her. She's got some some fire in her, in that you know mm -hmm. she really wants to, and she's determined to turn this around for purpose. And, yeah, um, you know, I, I remember the first time we had a conversation, she was kind of in a little bit of uh, a crisis going, God, what is the purpose that you want from the, from, from me in this yeah. and for me in this? And it's a crisis that all of us come to, whether we're walking through grief or not. It's just kind of this yeah. crossroads where we go, okay, what's my next step moving forward? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's so, what's so beautiful about her story, uh, is that since we had this conversation, you know, while we were having the conversation, she was preparing to get remarried. And since then she has been remarried. And, That's um, awesome. you know, I, I want to make mention that oftentimes in the widowhood community, there can be a huge emphasis on the idea of remarriage and almost kind of holding your breath for waiting for an anticipation to be remarried, thinking that that's like mm. God's redemption in your story. Wow. And, um, and I would say that it's, it's, it's not right. It's not the yeah. redemption that God has. Now it is what I, I call it the icing on the cake. Certainly. Because what I believe redemption in your story is, is the moment that you come to this, this crossroads decision where you're going to turn your pain around to help other people. Yeah. That's redemption. When you, mm. when you respond to the invitation that God has for you to partner with him, to take back your story, and then you begin to invite other people into that great grand story, that is redemption because that's when yeah, you're beginning to put at bay the work of the enemy in your life and you're partnering with the redemptive work that's going on inside of mm. you because of the cross and the empty tomb. That's but good. then God is so good and he's so sweet in putting some icing 
on kind of that redemption cake. Some bonuses. There's some bonuses that are involved. Yeah. And so often those bonuses, as in Gracie's case, they they accompany that purpose, right? Right. So you kind of have to come to this place where you realize purpose and then God's like, okay, I also want to bring some a bonus here Mm -hmm. for you in this. And so I remember having this conversation with Gracie and she's like, I'm not sure what my ministry is to the first responder community, especially first responder wives and stuff. Right. And then here right. comes God. Isn't it just like God brings yes. this first responder along? Uh, Unbelievable. And, and, and makes, makes you know, he's now part of her story. They get remarried and they're yeah. together ministering to first responders and their wives and they're ministering at such uh, rich, deep places because of the pain that they've walked through. That's yeah. just like God. But you don't find you don't find that kind of a story by looking for just re- kind of like filling that space or filling that void. Oh, like of a replacement spouse. Yeah, you yeah. don't. Yeah. You don't. You, in fact, you're going to actually set yourself up for disappointment mm, and for yeah, that's a, a, a lot that's of heartache. Yeah. I also think, and just quickly, and obviously, I'm not a widow, so I I don't know this personally, but I will say. And even if God never gives you a spouse, right. again, you never get remarried, that's still redemption, right? Yeah, like God yeah. is still good and sovereign over your story. So while that is the icing on the cake and a bonus and a blessing, there may be other blessings that God Absolutely. wants to give you in Absolutely. this season. And I think a, a good word for all of us, whatever whatever situation we're in, is like, don't miss out on the blessings God is giving yeah. you because you're so focused on, you know, whatever you think is going to yeah. look like redemption. God has a plan that's bigger and better than you could imagine. Yeah. You know, the conversations that we have off air with widows and widowers, especially ones who have remarried or are about to remarry, um, Nobody puts this on podcasts, which is funny, but it's <laughs> it's how difficult that process is. Mm, and wow. and I so bet. I will tell you, I mean, marriage the second time around in situations like this where grief is um, you know, it, it, it is a part of the whole mix where yeah. you've got a lot of hurting people who are walking through their hurt in different ways, you know. You have multiple yeah. different extensions of families that are being brought into one sphere now it's very complicated and it's difficult and so so you can't look to this situation as your hope and your salvation just like in any Mm -hmm. situation this is not our hope this is not our salvation we look to jesus the author and perfecter of our faith and if he chooses that in the writing and perfecting of our faith and our sanctification if he so chooses that he wants us to remarry as a part of our sanctification process then you know praise god here we go um but it's going to be difficult it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, Davy. That's a good word for all of us. Well, we are passionate about doing, uh, you doing just what Davy talked about, walking with Jesus and being part of the sanctification he has for your life, the good things he has for your life. So we are passionate about you partnering with God to take back your story. And Davy, I know we're making some changes that nothing right. is wasted, and they are good changes Very on good the changes. platform. This is really, really exciting. Would you tell yep. our listeners all about what's happening? Yeah, over the course of the month of January, we're inviting you to jump into our relaunch of our calling our community platform. Um, We've got three tiers of membership, two of which we're opening up right now. The third one, we're going to wait till later this year in 2022 to open up. But there's the community platform. There's the community plus 
uh, side of it, tier of membership. And then there's going to be the community collective. The community platform is if you were part of like community groups and what we were formerly doing over there, um, it's essentially a, a very similar thing, but we are beefing it up like crazy. Our certified awesome. coaches are going to be uh, doing a lot of engagement right there. Um, it's going to be a place where you can interact with and talk with over some content and events and all kinds of different stuff uh, with other people who are walking through the same thing that you're walking through. It's free to join. Cool. And there's an open window to do that uh, starting now. So okay. go ahead and jump in on that. Nothingiswasted.com slash community. And then for $20 a month, this is what previously was our monthly partner program is now just going to be the community plus uh, platform. And this is where all kinds of bonus content and material. We're really beefing this one up too, as well, um, to make sure that, that you're getting a great experience and we're also providing you very helpful resources. And so, um, this is all culminating in the month of January to the very end of January, beginning of February, February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. If you join this platform, then you can come and be a part of this live virtual event. We've got three very special guests for those three nights. Very cool. And, uh, we'll reveal those very shortly. And uh, excited for you to be a part of that. But make sure you go to nothingiswasted.com slash community to find out more information about this. Oh, I'm so excited. Can't wait to find out more. Again, like Davey said, nothingiswasted.com slash community. We also want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all of the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. You can find his music wherever it is you stream your music. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn, and at Obsamp. Next week, we are joined by Brandon Janice to continue our Widowhood series. Let's go ahead and take a listen to part of Davy's conversation with Brandon. She was diagnosed with breast cancer back in 2018. So yeah, we, we, we battled it. We did everything right. We did the, the, the chemo, the radiation, the double mastectomy, the hysterectomy, all the things we needed to do to make sure mm. we were going to beat it and beat it for good. Uh, and um, about a year later, we got a clean bill of health, you know, um, that, that it was gone and that um, everything worked and that um, we shouldn't have to worry about, uh, about it anymore. So we didn't. We lived our life for about um, about eight months. Um, we had a, a celebration party in Palm Springs where some fr- friends flew out, and you know we beat cancer celebration and um, and and had a, a big party there, um, and um, had had thought we were on the other side. Uh, and then in August of 2019, Rachel started feeling a, a ton of pain in her back. Um, and I thought it was old, old people pain. Like we're getting old, babe. You know, this is, this is, this is what happens when you you start to reach your forties. Right. And she knew, she knew right away what, what it was. 